infinite pressure, the work itself, like you can, you know, I assume when people listen to the podcast, they'll kind of go like look stuff up really quick. But if you go on my Instagram or no, you know, on my Twitter, uh, any, any no, no pattern, wherever, like you'll see, and it's just these really, really, really complex sort of maximal compositions um, with just all the like, whole ranges of different color palettes and elements and, and, um, you know, it's very akin to generative art. Uh, and I've actually been very forthright about that and talked about it in this essay that I wrote um, that's in the book that mm-hmm. I'm also putting out. I, I, the collaborations came about because it was like, look, I've got these really cool, interesting compositions that sort of, again, are sort of reminiscent of generative art to the extent that they're so busy and complex, but then I go in and I sort of manipulate them by hand. So I've been comparing it to like throwing a throwing paint at the wall and then deciding if you like how it looks or if you want to go in and like move some of the splatters around. That's sort of like the real life analog to what I'm doing digitally in a sense. So it's kind of like illustrator that I work in sort of takes it a certain point and then I can go in and decide, do I want to move this here, change this color there, move that there, and then sort of just torture myself over and over and over again <laughs> until I finally decide something's done. So what I realized is that these sort of compositions are very pliable and sort of can be manipulated and changed. And I thought, I wonder what other artists would do, like the way that I'm taking them. I wonder what other artists would do. And I really wanted to make it a community project by virtue of making it a sort of a collaborative effort and also kind of flexing my curatorial uh, muscle a little bit um, and, and finding a range of artists and bringing them on to see what they might do. So, yeah, so I just thought, man, I want to get like an illustrator. I want to get generative artists. I want to get animators. I want to get... Uh, other digital artists, like physical artists, painters, like truly kind of like a little of of everything. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's nifty. They come to this place to talk about the crypto space And that's nifty, that's nifty, that's nifty Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday Damn, that's nifty Hello Chuck, how's it going, man? It's going well, how are you? Fantastic I got myself Tyler on here and then Larry. Nice to meet you, man. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Where are you guys located? We're in Boston or just north of Boston. Oh, okay. Right on. Are you yeah. still out in Chicago? I am. Yep. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We did it. We did our deep, deep dive research and just looked up where you might be from. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've, uh, been in uh, in the city now uh, for like going on I don't know I think it's gone up on eight years or so. Um, I grew up in like the suburbs. Then got married, lived in Central Illinois for a year. My wife finished school, did a little stint in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I always wanted to live in the city proper. And we finally had like this little opening of like we got to do this now, or we're like never getting out of this like fucking suburbs. <laughs> Thankfully, we moved here. My uh, wife got a job working for the city. Actually, uh, she's an attorney for the city, so that sort of makes us have to live in the city. We don't have a choice. Like we can't, we can't even we can't even move to the suburbs if we wanted to uh, because of her job, which is which kind of nice. So uh, yeah, this is this is home. 
That's awesome. We have a buddy that uh, lives out there now and going to uh, a wedding in Chicago in the summertime. So I've actually never been, so I'm excited to go. Yeah, right on. No, it's a great city, especially if you come in the summer. I, I would say it's not the best if your like only experiences. Uh, <laughs> and like, I know people who have come like for like some work trip on like a, you know, like a, like a Tuesday in like the middle of like February. And it's like, no, man. <laughs> like, it's, out. A, it's awful no no like no people way. don't come to see like the uh the rolling what are those giant like ice balls for, for yeah <laughs> <laughs> no unfortunately that's not one of the bigger tourist draws i would say but uh you know it's still it's it's nice but you know you guys are in boston though it's not like it's like you know talking to people in california so. yeah but i've heard it's a different kind of cold out there in the midwest it is yeah i mean i think i think it probably is pretty Frigid, but uh yeah um are you uh you guys host this together are you in person what's the setup yeah yeah we're actually uh in my basement as usual hanging out so we're um you know neighbors he lives a little bit closer to the city than i do but uh works up this way so he nice. swings through and we just uh kind of chop it up we've been collecting nfts since like november of 2020 is that right, right yeah on. started the podcast a little over a year ago now so um yeah, I mean the premise. We just kind of shoot the shit and yeah, and you know get to know people and oh, see what their art's about. And we're friends with Mike Slime Sunday, who's yeah. part of YMU, uh, like yourself. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't know if he hosted or if if he was on with you guys ever or what the exactly what the setup was. But it's uh, spotty yeah. these days. He's like, you know how it is, heads down in this. Yeah, um, I yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he gets absolutely. going, I like to say he used to. Like, Drops into a work K hole and can't find a way out. That's well, that's that's where I've been uh, for for the last six months here, and I have a six month old baby too. So <laughs> it's uh, I'm like in a double double K hole in that in that regard. So yeah, it's kid wild. hole. Yeah, yeah the kid man. hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna ask you. Know, you guys don't do videos, just to be the audio. Yeah, yeah. We just strictly okay. audio. Uh, cool, sometimes cool. we turn it on, but you know. Okay. Whatever you're comfortable with. Cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, whatever works. If you're not doing it, then, then no, you, I'm, I'm at my studio right now and I was in the middle of getting a bunch of stuff together. I'm like, all right, time to stop, take a break, <laughs> this podcast, make sure my, like, you know, everything looks good, but I, I guess not. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Our, our last guest got like dolled up, but makeup on for us. And then <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Realized, realized <laughs> then, we don't use the video. <laughs> then you got to turn the video on just so that they can make it worth it. There's exactly. nothing worse than like waking up in the morning and, you know, getting yourself together and then like the meeting gets canceled and you're like, God, now I got to go to like, I have to go to a coffee shop to make use of, I saw, I just need someone to see me. Yeah, this outfit <laughs> I always thought I laid out. The, the best thing in life is the, the most you can hope for in life is that some stranger sees you and just simply thinks like that person look, that, that, that guy looks cool. Like that's, that's all we got. <laughs> even if you never know. Even if I just tell myself, that someone like glances up at me and just thought, damn, like, where'd he get that shirt? You know, (laughs) (laughs) you can all strive for that for sure. So I want to dive into no pattern and when you created that. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, well, for context now I'm, I'm 36. So coming up on 37 in May. Um, I, you know, my, my, story is when I actually created no pattern I was still in high school um so I was this is like I think I registered the domain no pattern and I want to say 2002 might have been 2001 or 2002 around there um 
you know, I grew up loving art, loving, you know, drawing. And my, my dad was a really good artist and would draw, you know, like superheroes with me all the time. And, and um, I, I, I also loved, you know, like sports cards and, and, and I was very obsessed with like the bulls and, you know, of course, growing up in the nineties, Chicago and, and I, you know, I just always gravitated towards the visuals, the aesthetics of everything, and eventually sort of came around to sort of identifying that as kind of, you know, graphic design. And, and uh, you know, in, in high school, uh, this is like right in sort of, I don't know how old you guys are, so I don't know what, like, are we about the same age or? Yeah, I'm 31. 30, yep. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, like around that time for me is like, you know, Kazaa and like, these files sort of like, you know, you like get hacked copies. Oh, I remember Kazaa. Photoshop, Kazaa. Prior to LimeWire. LimeWire, Lime all the peer-to-peer things. And, and you just, you find these like key gens, which would sort of crack the code of the sort of license number that you would need to get Photoshop. And, you know, if I'm like, you know, I'm, I like, I, I, I sort of knew what Photoshop was. I was like using Microsoft Paint and everything and eventually got a cracked copy of Photoshop and, sort of just started teaching myself, uh, you know, Photoshop and, and just like really becoming obsessed with the sort of uh, instant gratification that came with creating things digitally and sort of moving what I love to do onto the computer. And Notepad really came about as, uh, you know, in high school, like sort of discovering other artists, um, you know, some that you guys might be familiar with now, uh, who I met really early on and was really early influence on me. We're both like Guys like Josh Davis, Joshua yep. Davis, and um, and and Brad Monkowitz, aka G Monk. Yes, um, sir. You know th- those two guys were were like hugely influential. Um, you know when I discovered their work in the early two thousands, um, there was a handful of others uh, artists like Dennis Carlson, and there was a site called Chapter Three, and and like just there was just there was this sort of like subsect of design, and, and I just saw this stuff, and I just thought, man, like that's like that's what I want to do right there. Like that, I, I don't know what this is, but that's kind of what I want to do. So that's really what No Pattern sort of started as was just sort of like a, a it was like coming up with a band name almost. I, mean, I need like a name, you know, like everyone's got like a cool name, like a, a, you know, pseudonym or whatever. And there was no social media at the time. So it was just like, you know, and I just kind of came up with a bunch of different names and, and No Pattern stuck. And I got the domain and started building these sort of handmade html websites and throwing a bunch of my sort of experiments up on there and yeah i mean that's where it really started but i mean obviously then it sort of snowballed when i decided after high school not to go to college take a year off and it was sort of in that year that sort of everything really started to really happen and snowball um you know no pattern really became the container uh for me to sort of put my work under it sort of uh, turned into a brand sort of almost accidentally I, I didn't sort of set out to start some sort of design studio or anything it just um it just it sort of organically uh became that after you know having done all this stuff and then realizing I had some something going here and I used that as like my you know this sounds corny but like my sales tool pretty much um you know, like, here's my site, you know, here's my work, here's these things I'm doing and like flyers for some clubs in Chicago and some like stuff for these small magazines and, and just sort of just kind of kept building off of that. So that was really like the early, early days and kind of how things really first got uh, going. Did it hit you like in the last year or so that 
your design studio has been around like in your life longer than it hasn't been. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I grew up fast. Like I got married in 2007. So, um, you know, I was 22 and, and so like, I, you know, I, I just, my, I feel like I just sort of entered like full blown adulthood, like in my early twenties, like I had a career going and I, I was married and, and, you know, and, and it's just sort of like things started <laughs> moving fast. I almost don't even think about it anymore because it's so, like, it's just sort of, uh, so it's so intertwined with my life. I do think about that sometimes though. Like I'll think, man, like it's, you know, I'm 36. I've been doing this now since sort of like, you know, I, this is all I've done. Like I didn't have, uh, you know, other jobs after, after high school, I was just working at a screen printing shop and at a t-shirt company called Threadless. That's, you know, now a pretty big company. And at the time it was just a couple of people. And, um, but I mean, my entire adult life as, as I'm, I'm pretty inseparable from, you know, Chuck and, and no pattern is sort of like one, one thing. And I, I can't really imagine like, you know, life kind of any other way. It is, it is wild to think about. I, I sometimes don't feel, I, I, I have two kids and, you know, I'm almost 37, but I still very, I, I feel like I'm just getting started. I feel very youthful. still. I feel, I don't ever have this, like, Oh, I'm the old guy. I don't want to like OG <laughs> shit. I really don't. Like, I, I'm just like, I have just so much respect for like, young artists that love seeing what young artists are doing in NFT space right now. And, and um, I just, it's exciting, man. It's like, I just sort of, so I don't, I don't know. I don't dwell too much on that, but it, it is, it is crazy to think about. And I think I've tried to carry all the stuff I've learned, um, you know, with me all the time and find really interesting new ways to uh, implement it. So going back, like, um, kind of staying in that same time frame early early no pattern days what was like the first moment of like or, or like you know first client that came to you when you're doing you know uh, some independent work where you're like oh shit yeah. like this is this is real deal this is like oh man <laughs> this is something yeah, be doing. Well, so there's like there's almost like different levels of that because you know my my and i should say uh just to back up a little bit like how i even got clients to begin with you know, in, in, uh, you know, when it really got started, like was sort of like early 2004, um, I would say like late 2003, early 2004. Um, and this is like, you know, I've now been out of high school for six, seven months. And, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know what it was, but I would, I, I used to work at Borders bookstore in high school. And I, I basically got that job because, I wanted to be around magazines. I loved magazines. I would collect magazines, you know, art, design magazines, sports magazines, like whatever. And I always really wanted to do work for magazines. And I remember my dad had a subscription to ESPN magazine. And when ESPN magazine first came out in the early 2000s, uh, they, uh, you know, it was a big deal. I and mean, they had a lot of fun with it. It was a huge, like oversized magazine. Huge. And it like yeah, it was like enormous. And, and he kept, yeah, and he kept every issue big giant stacks and stacks of these issues of ESPN magazine. And I would look through them and I always noticed that all the articles had, you know, like photography of athletes and stuff but like over top of the athletes, you would see like illustration and drawings and design and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, that's it. Like, that is what, that's like what I want. That's what I want to do right there. So I made it like kind of my mission to start doing work with magazines. And so I would go to, orders and I would get stacks of magazines and I'd bring a notepad and I would 
go to the masthead of the magazine, find all the credits, and then I'd look for an email address. And there was very rarely an email address at that time, um, you know, in a lot of magazines. So I would jot down first name, last name. So let's just say, you know, that uh, Tyler Kitchens uh, is the creative director for, you know, Complex Magazine. And so I'd go home and I would write Tyler at complex.com. And I'd write this, I'd write an email and I would copy that email and I would write another one, Tyler.kitchens. And I would write Tyler.k. Then I'd write Tyler, T kitchens, T underscore kitchens. And I had this sort of template list I came up with. And I would just send one email at a time to like 20 different combinations of emails and they'd all bounce back until finally one didn't. And I just kept finding like a way through the cracks with like just this method. And I got my first job for ESPN magazine in 2004 college football wow. feature this way. And um, the, uh, that, that was, that was the moment. Like that was it. I, I, uh, I'll never forget. I was on the phone with the guy, the, the, the art director of the magazine at the time, his name was Henry Lee. Um, and he called me up and he was like, Hey man, I don't even know how you got my email. And again, <laughs> like this is, and this is like pre like LinkedIn didn't exist. You have to, I mean, it's just like, there was no, like there, I wasn't competing with anyone. That was kind of the beauty of I love time. Times. It was like, it's like flipping through records, at like an old record store. It's like, you had to sort of dig. And if you found some gold, then good on you. And it's like, you're not really competing with anyone. So he was like, man, I don't really know how you like found me, but like, I actually do have this feature coming up and I'd love for you to work on it. <laughs> and I'm on the phone. Like I had no money. I really didn't. Like I didn't go to college in part because I was just like financially felt so out of reach. You know, I didn't have any money saved. I'm living in you know, my, my parents' house still. I'll never forget. And I, I know it's sort of, yeah, it could be sort of distasteful or not, you know, uh, people don't talk about money and numbers, but this is important. Um, so this is like sort of my one story where I'll say it. But so we're on the phone and he's like, so, you know, so that, does that sound good? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Timing, timing's good. You know, I'm just like making all this stuff. I don't know really what I'm doing other than I know I can make some good art. And he's like, all right, cool. The budget's three. And I'm thinking like in my head, I was like, cool. Like 300 bucks is like, that's great. You know? And he's like, cool. So, so you're all good. 3000. And I just about like fell out of my chair. I was just sort of, yeah, yeah. Great. Sounds good. Play, try and play it cool. And I ran upstairs with my mom. Uh, to tell her and uh, she's like we both were like crying <laughs> like oh my god like three thousand dollars you kidding me uh, it was a huge deal and it was yeah. the first time where I ever felt that uh there there's something here like there the, like that that job and like that whole story of like sort of aspiring to work specifically on that you know magazine and then getting it and then also being paid what even in hindsight now is an incredibly fair amount to do for editorial for a magazine was like major, major light bulb for me. And yeah, I just respect the that, hustle. Just, that is unbelievable. Just, just kept doing it. Truly kept doing it. And to this day, I have a, I have a relationship with the Chicago Bulls uh, going back about six years now that started. Um, I wrote a, a, a couple, I, I dug out the, uh, you know, the creative director at the times email address and uh, sitting at Soho office in Chicago. And I, I, eventually guessed it and they have become really close friends of mine. I've been working with them now for like five, six years. Like it still works. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> so, you know, if you can figure out how to cold email in like a non salesy way that comes across charming and to the point and honest and, you know, like, and you got good work to back it up. Like it's, uh, it's about as good a method as any to, to connect with people. 
it's like you you've cracked the code to the uh i don't know email combination possibilities <laughs> yeah <laughs> i that's mean crazy. i that still i still like will look at these emails and i'm like yep there it is like it's not, that's like the one thing that's not changed and all these years web3 you know like, like through all this different stuff like email formats you know it's still just <laughs> kind of this like old thing and everyone still uses it as much as i think people wish they didn't have to uh, i'm i'm well aware that's basically my, my normie <laughs> job just yeah basically recruiting healthcare it resources and i got my templates i got i got my messages yeah. and yeah. uh emails are a little easier to find but too familiar with that that's yeah, awesome that man. Was, yeah that, that was like that first one and then i would say the sort of like one other one, or maybe sort of like two, one was the Lupe Fiasco cover for the album Food and Liquor. Um, no way. Because, yeah, and that was a big deal for me. Yeah, I, I photographed and designed that that whole cover, um, you know, it's done in like 2005. Um, and, you know, that went on to, you know, be Grammy-nominated album. And, and I have like, you know, he performed on like Letterman and and uh, that was a, it was a very sort of seminal album in hip hop. And especially in Chicago, it was a very big deal. He was, you know, put out that song, um, Touch the Sky, that was with, you know, Kanye. And um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a huge deal. And, and that one sort of followed me um, all these years later. He still tours on that album and stuff. And I still, you know, chat with him from time to time about it. Um, so that one was interesting because it sort of became sort of part of like a bigger legacy thing. And um you know, so I was sort of touch on that one as sort of like a important staple, I guess, in my in my portfolio. That that's uh, I feel like anytime you know we talk to people and like we hit the connection of like oh shit yeah I know that yeah I, I like I know the cover of that album and then mm -hmm. you kind of figure out what's behind it and oh it was just like a a uh, an email blast strategy to get the right, <laughs> the right people that that one fortunately wasn't uh that was like i was introduced to him for a, a photo shoot for a magazine um, nice. out in new york at the time and then we met up and uh we ended up just kind of staying in touch but all the other stuff yeah most of that stuff was like this is <laughs> like email thing man it was so crazy because i think you know i went on to do work for microsoft not that long after that you know when uh and and like these bigger companies and people would ask me like, man, how did you get that? And it's just all, or like, how did that happen? And it's like, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like I got an email from some agency when it was like, not, there's not some like bells and whistles. It's just like, eventually people started finding me and the emails would come my way. And just like, I don't know, it just wasn't particularly, you know, spectacular, you know, connections. They were just like, people just start finding you and you can stand out if you have a nice, clean, presentable website with your work on it, you know? It's, so, I mean, it's true. That does hold a lot of weight and just kind of, you know, how you deliver your message. Mm -hmm. um, so like in dealing, uh, you know, obviously like your professional career is, is kind of in that, um, you know, line of work dealing with, with you know, different Designing. design, you know, groups and stuff. You can call it client work, however you want to put it. But like how, at, at what point was there like a shift in or, you know, is it more client to client where it's like, okay, I have the creative freedom to do what I need to here or like. Mm -hmm. is it did that develop over time or is it kind of you know group to group uh you mean like sort of being given the the freedom to sort of move about a project from a client in sort of like my yeah. way like sort of autonomy within yeah yeah exactly. i mean that's i i developed such a style i think uh eventually you know like i i was never really taking on sort of um typical graphic design work i've actually never considered myself a graphic designer i've always thought of myself far more as a 
as a graphic artist, you know, digital artist, um, and you know, I, my background really is in print, um, you know, and and more sort of on the art for advertising, you know, commercial side of things. And I'd always kind of also maintained an art practice, um, doing my own things in photography and and uh, you know, different mixed media type type work. Um, but I think of you know, it wasn't, it didn't take long for me to realize that like I was getting hired for my style, for my mm-hmm. artwork. And, you know, like I don't think, you know, like most good clients, you know, uh, don't want to give you too much direction because they want you to, you know, do your thing with it. But at the same time, you know, you are in service of the client when they hire you if it's work for uh, like a feature. So, like for a magazine, for example, if you know, if there's a story about, you know, an athlete uh, and they only have, you know, like, like I always saw my job as to sort of help sort of make the mundane um, a little bit more interesting. Like I would always see it as like a, you know, uh, like a Time magazine came to me for a, a, a project like maybe like five years ago for the Olympics and, and they had these photos and they're like, we just don't want to run these photos like as is. We want them to have like life and energy and color and design and all this kind of stuff and and so can you just take these photos which are fine like we could run them but we want to sort of like run them through your lens and process and have them become you know kind of greater than uh just uh, what they are just raw as like raw photos so you know you develop that trust and, and I, I you know again i've been doing this for a long time so i think like eventually you know anybody who would come to me sort of knew the deal um and then within that, there's clients who get more picky and have more feedback and, you know, I can handle myself. I know how to talk with them and, and sort of like, you know, keep things on the rails. Certainly there's some like horror stories and like client <laughs> feedback things and whatnot. But I would say for the most part that I've set myself up to, you know, like I'm not really getting hired to do logos, you know, where I'm sitting doing like little ticky tack changes to some, mm-hmm. you know, can you put just kind of now move this here a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Like, what if you just like I I just don't have the patience for that type of work. It's kind of why I also don't do like web design. Like, I don't I just don't want to I, I just my brain doesn't work that way. Like I just need to just do me completely, or it just doesn't really, it's just not going to be as good as it could be. Um so that's always um, you know, I think kind of part of the deal. Uh and yeah, it, it took some time to like really get good enough to be able to deliver uh, all the time. I think I probably required a lot more feedback when I was younger and, and uh, you know, sort of like managing of the process. Um, but yeah, I think it's just something that sort of you, you develop um, and, and figure out how to, how, to, how to navigate that. It also has to do with sort of like what projects you decide to say yes to. You know, there's certainly some projects I've said yes to that in hindsight I probably shouldn't have because there was a little too much uh, rigidity to it or, you know, too many rules or, you know, whatever. And so I ended up having a lot of fun on it and it become a, becomes a drag. And so it's kind of all over the place. So we asked a lot of artists that we talked to about their client work and, you know, we hear a wide range of results, but no one has yet been able to say that, you know, they've done a job for a client and gotten no feedback and they accepted it as is. And you might be the first person tell me, have you, have you ever submitted something? They're like, yeah, that's good to go with no feedback. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Plenty of times. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's and an artist like, right there. I'm not yeah. like, yeah, I'm not like gassing myself up. But I think I've got, <laughs> that has nothing to do with that. It's just more like I've, I've done like, hundreds and hundreds of 
I mean, at this point, I mean, I've done so like I've done like a, a flyer for a hundred bucks and I've done like, ex, you know, like massive, massive, like advertising campaigns and, you know, like just out of home and billboards and sports and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And I've had stuff drag on for weeks and months that paid, you know, like nothing <laughs> compared to some huge project where they were like right out of the gate, like, looks great. Send it over, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, you just, it's like the inverse of what, you know, like this job's paying, you know, this and this job's paying like, whoa, that, but like the feedback should be sort of like flipped and it's not. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but that's, yeah, I've, I've definitely experienced it. But at the same time, I've also experienced like, you know, so much feedback to the point where it's like, this doesn't even look like me anymore. So I think that maybe comes with like, my experience and how long I've been doing it and also just how many different types of jobs for like magazines I've done or, you know, whatever. So, um, but that's an amazing feeling. There's truly nothing like uh, doing something and having a client come back and being like, great, got nothing. Ship Ship it. It. Send me the file, zip, zip it up, send me the link. You know, I mean, weekend. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So at no pattern, like um, are there multiple artists under the design studio or is that, all your no, it's all me only ever been me it's wow it 100 every no everything in fact that's probably one of my my gift and my curse uh is sort of my uh degree of uh in very intense control that i sort of need uh with my work i've always kind of wanted actually the last six months i'm working on my this current project i'm working on um has been really the first time i was like man i could really use an assistant right now like you're in <laughs> the studio with me to just like do some of these other tasks and emails and like things. Cause I got to focus on this, but, um, is this I, the know, exhibition just, coming out on March? Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. Right. Right. And so, um, but it's such a new thing for my sort of within my practice, but yeah, all the work, like when you go to my site and look at all the client work and the archive and all that stuff, that is just, that's just me. Unless it says wow. that I worked with like another artist on it. That's all, uh, stuff I've done, and that's probably like that's probably about fifty percent of the. Yeah, work. I mean that's <laughs> like there's other it's stuff. A that's prolific resume, I must say. Yeah, it's been a lot of stuff. I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the fact that I've I, I I really sort of like take a lot of pride in the range. I think of like you know Microsoft and and Nike and and Target and like these sort of big names, you know, to some of the sort of like smaller kind of like independent um you know projects and things that i've i've worked on and and, um kind of just like all over the place i I really like to bounce around i mean the name no pattern is very indicative (laughs) of that to me i think it's very like representative and apt uh for sort of how my mind works just kind of being all over the place so yeah like i I really i really just like want to leave it all in the field and and like you know kind of as the as the quote of you know die empty like i i want to I want to be able to, I just want to know that I, I just like, there was nothing left. I, I truly like pour, poured it all into what I love to do. Just a, just a, a skin shell, just a shell of them left. <laughs> just like, man, dude, that like, I'm just like, you know, just, you know, you, you, and it's not, it's not that sort of like, I'm actually very anti like grinded out sort of like the grussel hustle lifestyle. Stuff. Like I'm not, I don't preach like the sleep when you're dead, like, work because if you don't work hard someone else is working hard like i hate that stuff i really hate that yeah. um I, I i'm more of a believer 
uh, in and just like when you're in it, like be really about it, like be really in it, all in, like really put your all into it. Um, but like, you know, get sleep, like manage your life, have, have a fa- <laughs> have family time, but take breaks. Like, and it's okay if someone's ahead of you, because this is not really a race. And, you know, and we, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's two different things. It's, you know, I just, I don't, I don't wake up and it's like, let's get it to the, and it's just like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta get my, I gotta pick my daughter up at like, you know, three 30 and then I gotta do this and I gotta run some errand. And it's like, you know, so it's just, accepting the reality but like when you're really doing a project like i just very detail oriented sort of very very obsessive very kind of um you know need to have everything be kind of a certain way up to a point because i'm still ultimately about like getting shipped and out so like i'm a big time like better done than perfect guy but like right up until the time where it's got to go out like i just sort of like really put my all into it because i just figure like the people who really are going to pay attention, those are the people who I care about. So like, you know, any project I work on, anybody who I care what they think, like they're looking at the same details I'm looking at. So those are the details that I sort of belabor over. Yeah, man. I mean, and you must be in crunch time right now with six months of work, like coming to a head, right? You should see my, yeah, my studio, man. I've got like boxes and shipping materials. I get like (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, mean, I won't get you into it before. I don't know if you're gonna ask some questions on that, but I guess. Uh, yeah, let's open yeah, it up. Let's hear about chainsaw NFT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so this project. I mean, I guess I'd be remiss to jump into this without sort of acknowledging like what the last year has meant. After all, I've talked about now, watching my industry get flipped on its head because of NFTs. You know, I remember, I remember <laughs> uh, messaging Mike people. Um, just shot him a DM on Instagram after his first, his very first sale, like on Nifty Gateway back in, oh, was that October, 2020? Uh, yeah. And he, I mean, I've known him forever. Like, you know, he like, I've, I've interviewed him and, and, you know, and we've, you know, we've just been like, I've just known him for a long time. He's just sort of like another designer. You know? <laughs> it's like he was before, like, you know, these digital artists became kind of these rock stars in the last year. Um, and sort of like everyone sort of saw there was this potential, like it was just sort of you know, just not that big of a deal, really. So I remember messaging him and be like, am I correct? And like, did you just make like a million dollars selling like files? Like what's going on here? And he and still I pretends was, like he's not a big deal, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's fascinating, man. He's so funny. But like, I, it's like, I just remember being like, what is this? Like, what is happening? And, and my first real sort of introduction to like, being urged to do it was actually from uh, D uh, D Goins from Zora messaged me in uh, I think it was like mid late October in 2020 and was like have you ever considered doing uh, crypto art or NFTs and I, I actually looked back at the response I wrote the other day and I said I don't know what these words mean but <laughs> I'm ha- like happy to like hear more um, it sounds funny to say that now but it's like that I mean dude like I remember being like, what? I don't know about this. This stuff is like kind of weird. I don't know. Is this a Ponzi scheme? Yeah, I was just, I was just, I wasn't even skeptical of it like that as much as I was like, this just feels like, I don't know. I was just very, I mean, it was also like in the throes of COVID. I've got like a, I've got a little kid. I'm just yeah. like, I don't know. My head, I was just like, this is, I don't know. I don't know. But, it's pretty abstract of a Totally of a abstract. And it, it's hard to even sort of place how we all, probably felt about it before because now it's so promise it's just it's it's just this uh, 
thing that's so permeated our lives so completely that it's almost hard to think about us being people like us who are sort of interested in this stuff being being confused by it at all because we we're so close to it and it's such a part of our everyday life now it's funny to think it wasn't more than a you know year and a half ago that most of us were sort of like scratching our heads and but I took my time to research I, I bought a little bit of Bitcoin just to sort of get skin in the game and trying to understand the fundamentals of this at all. Um, you know, of like just the idea of crypto and I'll get a Coinbase account, you know, like looking on super rare, trying to understand like, okay, like, I guess I kind of, I mean, it's okay to understand this and that. And then of course, like the flood came, you know, like kind of early court, like Q1 2021. And it was just like, an avalanche it was like every week is our every artist just making like gazillion dollars and then people's giant sale of blew everything up and so yeah i mean so i spent you know 2021 sort of like sort of uh, sort of navigating what it meant to uh sort of take my work into the space like every other artist and and uh you know, did some one-of-ones on foundation for a while they were super supportive i was like really really early on in foundation, like on the first like eight, 900 users or so, which was funny because at the time I remember on a call with uh, Kayvon and Lindsay from foundation, they're like, you are really early. And I was like, I don't know, you guys already have a thousand users. It doesn't feel that early. <laughs> like, little, We're little still early. Dude, little did I know, uh, it, you know, it's, there's a lot more users on there now, but um, yeah. So I, I just, I, you know, I, I started taking it pretty seriously and, and then um, I actually, uh, Blau, uh, I was on some clubhouse. I mean, clubhouse was so important, uh, at that time, you know, it's crazy again, how it sort of, you know, has sort of, uh, you know, given way to Twitter spaces, but I mean, clubhouse played such a giant role in so many people meeting and, and all this stuff. And I, I met him, um, just on some, uh, or I remember watching like his album drop and making, you know, 11 million or whatever it did. And, um, and then I went on Instagram, I was going to shoot him a message and I saw he had already followed me and I was like, well, that's interesting. And I, follow, I realized he followed a handful of other artists and he hit me back and he's like, oh man, I've been following your work for a long time. It's, you know, cool here. I was like, man, congrats. This, this stuff is insane. Like, I'm just trying to figure out like what to do with this, like right now. And he ended up, we stayed in touch and he ended up introducing me to uh, YMU's, uh, now my team, my, my management and they're wonderful people. Um, and uh, really hit it off uh, and, and started working with them and kind of navigating sort of NFT landscape sort of with um, another person was really helpful. Just kind of thinking about it long term was really appealing to me. So, um, yeah, so like I, I did a few, you know, a handful of things on my own on Zora and then on Foundation and then took a little bit more of a calculated approach the second half of the year, um, kind of trying to slow down and think about like what I was doing and, and how I was going to talk about the work and but honestly, like, and that was really the story for most artists, I think of 2021 was like, you know, these just like one off piece here and there, and then you promote it. And it is, it's really tiring. Like just sort of like, here's another one of one, like yeah. I have another thing for sale. And it's like, unless you're truly one of the top, top, top tier artists, like even some of the best artists, like truly like some of the absolute best artists in this space still can struggle to sell one of one because you're just putting all the onus on a single collector to take on the risk of a single asset that like, unless they just truly love your work, it's like, you're not really buying into like community with this. It's just this one piece. Right. Like, you know, it's just, and it's hard. And then you do that again. And then another piece, another piece. And it's just like, it's very exhausting. So 
I, I just hit a point last year where I had done this piece called Infinite Pressure. It was a collaboration with Josh Davis and it was these vector shapes that I made and he took them and kind of ran them through his code and, and like, you know, made, made the piece move and sold on foundation and, um, to Justin. you know, sorry. Yes. To, uh, no, to no. Justin. Uh, yes. To Justin. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Larry was literally <laughs> looking at it. Yeah. I was planning. I'm glad you brought it up because I was planning on asking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So this so all, cool. yeah, exactly. And I think that one, that one was like a Sunday afternoon. There was like a ton of bids coming in the last minute. It ended yeah. up going for like 6.5 ETH, I want to say, or 0.3 or something. 0.3. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so like, yeah, like this is just kind of being like, wow, like that's, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, uh, an insignificant amount of money. Like we're, you know, we're talking about here and, and you know, doing something with Josh and an you know, old friend and mentor of mine. And so that was like, you know, I wanted, I loved that project and I love that work and eventually decided like, what if I took infinite pressure, like the concept of sort of how I approach the pieces and I was thinking like, man, it'd be really cool to make an Arplots project uh, out of this concept, which is this sort of just like these compositions of all these shapes. And mm-hmm. I actually tweeted that out. And I got a couple of responses from some really, you know, some good people who I really respect in the space being like, yeah, you really should. Like, that would be cool. And Frank from Chainsaw hit me up and was like, hey, like, I'd love to talk to you about infinite pressure. It'd be cool to put our heads together and maybe work on this. So that's kind of like just my whole journey with like NFTs that led up to this point where I more or less slammed on the brakes of like doing any more NFTs, except this one thing I did out in uh, complex con with um, legend and Coinbase. There was like this live event thing and with a handful of artists, but like, aside from that, I haven't really minted anything really since. Yeah. Like, like, hmm, I don't know if it was like October or so of, of 2021, because I just decided like, I'm kind of tired of doing these little one-offs. I want to make my dream project. Like I want to make like a a proper exhibition, a proper collection of, of work. Um, So that's what I set out to do. And we're recording this um, about six days away from the actual launch. (laughs) So this will come out on Monday. (laughs) So people will be ready. Got it. Okay. This will come out on Monday. So um, yeah. So when this comes out, I'll be, uh, I'll be, yeah, yeah, gearing up, giving actually, I'm doing a couple like private sort of studio tours over Zoom, um, where I'm going to be sort of walking a handful of different, you know, friends and collectors and and just different people, um, you know, through the process and the work and the collaborations and sort of just talking about all of it with them. Um, It's really important for me to, I've put so much into this project and so much time. I've been working on it for seven months now and it's just, I don't, I don't want to just like put it out there. And then it just kind of like, cool. That was fun. Like, I I really feel uh, again, like I I don't mean this to sound like overly earnest or anything, but like, like I've been doing no pattern for 18 years. I I kind of have an appetite to have like a new brand to play with sort of like a new sandbox to sort of to play in. And so I've actually started to really see infinite pressure as kind of like, like my next sort of, Thing. like it's sort of like under the no pattern umbrella but i see the potential for um infinite pressure as like a, a real new sort of creative playground for me to um dive a lot deeper into and i've really done that um with with this project and the collaborations and what what i've been making with chainsaw and like how i'm going to present the work and, and everything so 
Um, and also, I know I'm talking a lot. I, I'm, I'm so, I, you have to understand, I've been working on this project for so long and I'm only just now talking about it with people. And so I just have so much stuff to say and I'll realize- Get it out, like, man. Been, Our best been, episodes like, are where we talk the least amount. Dude, I interview a ton. So I, I used to have a podcast myself, actually. So you can still go find it. It's called Life and Limb. I did 20 episodes. It was in 2014. I interviewed a bunch of really rad artists. Um, and I just got, it was just so much work. I ended up stopping because it was just something I got a little tired of like setting up like this whole just stupid setup and everything. But you're, you're, I, I really did, dude. I had, I had like a second computer with Skype and I had this like this board, this like, like mixer board that I was, I was like, I hate this. This is too much work. I just <laughs> want to pop my AirPods in now and just talk and like let someone else do it. So I actually do that in uh, Friends with Benefits now. And I uh, kind of sort of rejuvenated the, the podcast thing. Um, and, and I interview different artists and developers and stuff uh, every week in there. So I still get that out of me. And you're exactly right. Like the sort of, it's nice when like, two minutes into an interview, I'm like, well, this is going to be easy. I'm going to ask like seven <laughs> questions and they're just going to like talk. <laughs> Although I'm like probably more hyper aware of this than the people I interview. I'm like, I'm very aware of like, okay, like it's uh, time to like give it a, a, a breather here. But uh, I'm just so, I'm like, so excited. And I'm just very proud of this project, proud of the fact that I'm working with some, with uh, nine incredible artists that I invited on and they all, you know, said yes. And, and I'm just like, truly like, just, it's really the honor of my career to be working with um, the, the whole team and all the different artists on this project. It's, uh, it's let's, it really, let's hear about some of the collaborations that were going on. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the, um, you know, the ones that I've already announced. And I guess if this comes out Monday, I'll just kind of like, I mean, I guess I'll just talk about all of them and spoil the last one too. Just because, just because yeah, I mean, if you're special for our this, listeners, yeah, of course, as <laughs> the exclusive alpha here. Um, so, so like, I guess what I would say is like in the, with the infinite pressure, the work itself, like you can, you know, I assume when people listen to the podcast, they'll kind of go like look stuff up really quick. But if you go on my Instagram or no, you know, on my Twitter, uh, any, any no, no pattern, wherever, like you'll see, and it's just these um really 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 complex sort of maximal compositions um with just all the like, whole ranges of different color palettes and elements and and um you know it's very akin to generative art uh and i've actually been very forthright about that and talked about it in this essay that i wrote um, that's in the book that mm -hmm. i'm also putting out um with this project so oh my god uh, dude <laughs> oh yeah i'll see i'll send you guys a picture i've got 600 books in my studio right now it's a gigantic 11 by 15 book <laughs> that when you open it is 22 by 15. So it's like holding a huge poster. And I picked the specific oh, binding that you can tear the pages out if you want basically like a print. So the idea is that oh. you right click, save, you right click, save. If you want to print, just take it, just peel it out right out of the book. And then you've got yourself a print. Like there it is. It's yours now. Love that. Um, so you, <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm signing each book and I've got like bubble wrap uh, mailers that I have like Uline boxes full of all these envelopes. And I'm like hand drawing all these, uh, envelopes to all the people and like sort of VIP list I have ahead of time. It's insane. I'm truly, I'm absolutely like completely fucking insane for the sort of like how difficult I've made this on myself. Um, but <laughs> it's the kind of thing where some of the packages have started arriving. In fact, the first one arrived to a guy uh, in, in London, actually in, in uh, London the other day and he DM me a picture of it. And he was like, I'm so, I'm so grateful and like, a, like incredibly appreciative of like this, hand-drawn envelope like it really like the time like you can just tell like the level of detail and like that that's why i'm doing it like i want the stuff to show up 
and I want people to feel there was like real love in it the way that like if you have a great meal you like know that the chef took their time and like did it proper you know like you could tell like it's just different there's a sort of soul to it and I think that's like kind of what's missing for me with nfts is it's just so rapid fire and no one stops to slow down and present their work in a context that they create themselves it's just sort of like just kind of crapping out another random thing and throw it on whatever platform and like i don't want to do that like i want control over like how people consume this work so um anyways that's sort of like a whole another aside but the collaborations came about because it was like look i've got these really cool, interesting compositions that sort of, again, are sort of reminiscent of generative art to the extent that they're so busy and complex, but then I go in and I sort of manipulate them by hand. So I've been comparing it to like throwing a throwing paint at the wall and then deciding if you like how it looks or if you wanna go in and like move some of the splatters around. That's kind of like the digital uh, sort of analog. This is sort of like the real life analog to what I'm doing digitally in a sense. So it's kind of like Illustrator that I work in sort of takes it a certain point and then I can go in and decide, do I want to move this here, change this color there, move that there, and then sort of just torture myself over and over and over again <laughs> until I finally decide something's done. So what I realized is that these sort of compositions are very uh, pliable and sort of can be manipulated and changed. And I thought, I wonder what other artists would do, like the way that I'm taking them. I wonder what other artists would do. And I really wanted to sort of make it a community project by virtue of making it a sort of a collaborative effort and also kind of flexing my curatorial uh, muscle a little bit um, and, and finding a range of artists and bringing them on to see what they might do. So um, yeah, so I just thought, man, I would get like an illustrator, I wanna get generative artists, I wanna get animators, I wanna get uh, other digital artists, I wanna get um, like physical artists, painters, like truly kind of like a little of, of everything. So. The first uh, collaborator I announced is Gremplin. Um, so the creator and artist behind Cryptodes, um, who oh. I just, yeah, like Gremplin's, Gremplin's the, the, the guy behind like a lot of the art in nouns and then also Cryptodes. Um, so he, uh, yeah, he's, he's the man and he's this, you know, anonymous artist and just incredible illustrator. And um, I, you know, had reached out to him and, and yeah, we just kind of hit it off, you know, DMs, my, kind of took my cold email skills I mentioned earlier and <laughs> bring them over the DMs and, and uh, he agreed. So he did this illustration uh, right over. I gave him a handful of different pieces. I made specific pieces for each artist and then let them pick um, what they wanted to use. So yeah, he just like illustrated and drew right over top a piece that I gave him. Um, I revealed a, a small crop of the full piece. Um, I've been putting this sort of reveals one a day on Twitter uh, for nine days leading up until um, the 29th and then on the 30th I'll kind of do a full review of all the work and everything and then the whole project was live on the 31st um, but yeah then the second one I revealed is an artist named Case Simmons um, he's a uh, I don't even know how to explain his work it's, it's like <laughs> what I'm what I'm doing but like almost on steroids just in terms of file size like he really sort of pushes the limits of of capacity I would say um, like he just he like writes these scripts that can like he he finds these ways to sort of make these like output collages of work that are like like the file he sent me back is like i don't know it's like thirteen thousand pixels wide or something like that and wow. he didn't make it like 
you know, he didn't like upscale it. Like that's like the native sort of size of this piece that he was massive piece. He makes these. Oh, just I'm looking at it now. Like, that is. Yeah. It's just like insanely, insanely. If you go to his site too, like just insanely detailed collages and just like aggressively, I would say uh, chaotic and beautiful compositions um, made up of like just very, very, very tiny little details. That's sort of like a mix of like hand done and sort of like post sort of like a computer assisted, um, but I'm not even sure how he does a lot of it. Um, so yeah, so he took my work and kind of put it through like some scripts and things that he does. So then the next one I announced, um, is this artist Alicia Reynaud? She uh, goes by Malavita. She's um, uh, been interviewed by us as well, friend of the oh, right on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. She's her the color and like the textures in her work and the sort of like liquid paint sort of just melting. Uh, there's just a real like sort of like peacefulness about her work, and I know that she's um, like that's actually sort of like just a very she she does a lot of talking about you know, mindfulness and meditation and, and um, it, it's actually kind of like quite the antithesis to like how I, like yeah. how my head feels a lot of times is very sort of like chaotic and like very hectic. And I just thought it'd be really nice to have someone sort of like, just like put my work on like, I don't know, just like melt it away and sort of <laughs> like see what she would do with like these very rigid shapes. So yeah, she did really exactly what I was hoping and then really just made this really beautiful textures and uh, and colors and stuff. Um, the next one I announced is Ocean or uh, Ocean World. Um, and man, he, I love him. He's this really young, just incredible talent um, based in Decatur, Georgia, um, and makes these like, you know, I think he would acknowledge like very Murakami inspired, um, but I would say even more sort of youthful. Um, and I'm not like particularly like, um, I like any kind of anime fan myself or anything, but his work is very um, like anime and, and sort of like Japanese uh, sort of cartoon. And again, like I said, Murakami inspired, but he really has his own, he really, really has an incredible sort of like his own spin on that. And, and he like intertwines like these characters and shapes and stuff with like, you know, real time video and just like has just a very cool, energy to his work that I, I really, really, really love. And I sort of see this a lot of my- This piece is cool, young. man. Oh, well, so that piece in the preview is just- A part, just yeah. The, oh, it's not even the, so he, so I'll just say this, he made in a, a program called Unity, which is like kind of a, I'm gonna botch this. So anybody listening, I think it's <laughs> game design, like 3D game design, but he actually made an interactive world that you take this character and run around through based on my work. So I gave wow. him- some work and like, I don't know, like two months later, however long later, uh, Jory, who actually from YMU, who manages both of us, and that's how I came to get to know him, was like, hey, you ready for something? I was like, yeah, what's up? And she sends me this thing and I open it up. I'll, I'll, I'll really never forget. I, I genuinely got emotional seeing this because I never expected like, you know, and I just never expected like an artist to sort of like take what I did uh, which I thought I was just kind of giving artists like a prompt and, and would, run that far with it and run that far with it. Yeah, exactly. It really, really blew me away. I was, I was really, I was, I was very humbled sort of in that moment of like, I, I am just so grateful to another artist to like see sort of my vision and then run with it to the extent that they did where I didn't want to give any feedback. I didn't want to like, 
you know, I really wanted them to have fun with it. Like I, my sort of direction to each artist was like, please do the thing that like when you sit down and you get really distracted because you're doing something else than what you're supposed to be doing creatively, do that. Like do, do the thing that you kind of like rather always be doing than like whatever you're doing. Like if you have some deadline to hit, like please right. have fun with it. Please make something that brings you happiness to make. Like, I just want you to have fun. I really do. I don't want it to be this like, Oh, I said yes to this thing. I got to do it now. You know, and so yeah, he made this world that you take this character and like with the keyboard, you can like run through it and fly around, and it's just it's really beautiful. <laughs> and that itself will be sort of like a packaged like asset bundle of for the NFT. Um, so it'll be represented like by sort of this character, but the NFT and like what the ownership is really of the actual like kind of universe, this world um, that he's built. Um, Ezra Miller was the next one I announced today. Um, today being Friday. Um, he's a Chicago artist, or originally Chicago. Um, I think he's in uh, New York now. Um, maybe he's in LA. I can't remember where he is right now. People in New York and LA are very inter interchangeable where they live sometimes. <laughs> being in Chicago, they're just in one or the other flying over me. But um, yeah, Ezra's an amazing, amazing artist. Just really, really brilliant um, artist um, who is, uh, he had a project last year. It was actually the first NFT I I bought called Solvency um, and just this really beautiful generative art project that's all like real-time WebGL based. Like if you're not familiar, I'd highly recommend go looking at it, but I'm into from that project and it's really gone on to be, you know, I would think most people would consider it sort of one of the sort of like upper echelon generative art projects. Um, I mean, if you're going by floor alone, which I hate that metric, um, maybe not compared to like a Fidenza or a Ringer or something, but um, as as far as like craftsmanship, thoughtfulness, and aesthetic um, go, I, I really think it's pretty hard to find another project that tops um, solvency. So I'm just a huge fan of Vezra's a great guy and a fellow Chicago Bulls fan. So um, yeah, I was really happy to well, give him some that, of my work. The piece that he submitted is awesome. It almost looks like a yeah. watercolor. It does. It, it's actually really wide. So like uh, he did or him and Case actually both did really like really wide landscape pieces. Um, so that's like a, all the all the pieces in the previews I'm posting for the artists are, are vertical props of like a small portion of the bigger piece. Um, and then they'll sort of all be revealed eventually. But um, yeah, he uh, he uses I mean, I don't even want to say like what he uses because I'm not even trying to explain like what all software he's using, but sort of a mix of like AI and, and WebGL and like um, you know, I'm just the programming languages. I, I mean, this is like kind of out of my depth for me to even try and describe it, but, um, I just, there's sort of like a sensibility for me of like all these artists that I, I feel a, a kinship with. Um, the one I'm announcing Saturday, um, tomorrow is Jen Stark. Um, Jen is someone who I have loved her work for a very long time. I interviewed her many years ago, like 2000, like six or seven maybe on a blog called the brilliance um that i uh used to run um well still in the, the one of three people uh from it but um yeah and and she her work her sculptures her paper sculptures her murals her just whole vibe um is is just really just second to none her colors i love um, and she actually took a piece that I gave her. I gave her a handful of different pieces and she um, 
printed, I don't know how many copies of it. And then she hand cuts um, the paper and then no way. Uh, builds up a paper sculpture. Um, and then the sculpture itself is photographed. And then that itself is then the NFT. So it'll be a sort of physical paper sculpture. Oh, and it's, um, so yeah, actually the, the, the preview of it's a time-lapse that she gave me of her working on it. So I'm really excited <laughs> about that one because she's sort of someone I've like just really followed for a long time. So it's kind of one of those like, you know, meet your hero type thing. And they actually are like really great and very cool. And mixed media like, queen. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. Um, Sunday I'm announcing Christian Rex Van Minen, who in my opinion is like truly one of the best living painters uh, in the world. Um, I think most people would not argue with me on that. Um, he is someone I've been following for a long time. His paintings are just, I don't know if you guys are like looking this up as I'm talking about it. Um, yeah. I can put, put his name here in the chat, um, but he is another artist I got to know um, because of Chainsaw actually, because he entered the uh, NFT world with Chainsaw as well, doing a project called Van Minions, where he made these blank uh, kind of like characters, like these paintings, and then they sort of, it's very like kind of complex, but he had like a mix of like these blanks you could buy, but then also a handful of one of ones. Um, and uh, he, yeah, he's, he's just like a, a, a savant, like a brilliant, brilliant painter. And um, I actually is sort of like, this collaboration worked a little differently. Um, he really wanted to do it, but he's kind of was a bit pressed for time because he's working on a couple solo shows. Um, so I was like, look, I, I really, if you want to do it, I'd like to find a way. Would you be okay with me getting high res images of your paintings? And like, would you entrust me to chop them up and no shit. like rearrange and sort of collage them into my own uh, shapes and work and, and, and artwork and vectors and all that stuff. And he was like, yeah, man, have at it. And he sent me all these files, these like high res scans and photos and stuff of his work. And I cut out tons and tons of, of elements from his work. And then I've been working on collaging them and sort of, uh, you know, putting them into, into the piece. And, um, so that collaboration is a little bit unique because I'm the one. I like that. That's a reverse it. collab. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And I'm glad that we were sort of able to just find kind of like a nice common ground of how to make it happen. And I'm, it's actually one of my favorites. Um, I'm, it's, it's like a very sort of stark black and white. And then there's these like pops of, of color made of these sort of like grotesque, like gummy yeah. shapes and like just weird stuff. Um, the Monday one I'll be announcing is Joshua Davis, so who I mentioned earlier was one of my sort of mentors and guys that I looked up to when I was in high school and the one I actually did the very first infinite pressure collaboration with. Um, so he made a really beautiful like 30 second long video, um, kind of like reverse engineered my vector shapes and spat out kind of this completely new um, sort of motion piece. So really, really sick um, with uh, some music as well. Um, and then the last one. So anybody who's hearing this will be getting the little preview before the final on Tuesday um, is X shells, IX shells. It, uh, it's L yard. Um, she's uh, really one of, the, one of the biggest. I think, I think if you Google her name, the article on Forbes still comes up. Uh, maybe this, I don't know if she thinks this is like a dubious recognition, but the highest selling female NFT artist to date, but she uh, Panama based generative artists um, who 
just is revered and very beloved artist and does wonderful work. And uh, her and I have had a couple of calls and, and we just really hit it off. And uh, just, she really liked the project. And so, yeah, so she's, she's the last one. Um, her piece is a, to me, a generative piece that she's making in touch designer um, that'll be pulling sort of, you know, color and um, things and stuff from some work that I provided to her. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's the nine. What a um, mix, the man. Lineup. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like a little of everything. And <laughs> I'm just like, this I'm was dope because like, we just got to run through everyone. You just like anyone that we weren't familiar with, like you just introduced us to at least five people that we, you know, needed to follow, needed to follow and, and mm -hmm. be aware of their work. So thank you for that. That was awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, I felt like really just, I didn't, I, I wanted to see like what, you know, this work, um, like the, the potential, uh, you know, could be, with this work and I feel it's that much more powerful to have, you know, others sort of take what I've done and, and like run it through their, their lens. Like it's, it means a lot to me, but it's also sort of like speaks to, I think something really interesting that I've got here. Um, and I should say too, this is like another sort of alpha type of thing, but like this whole project actually started with um, building a tool with chainsaw. And I can't say enough about, having worked with them, uh, that's going to be something that comes out later this spring that we've been working on. That's sort of like a, uh, basically like an art creation tool. That's going to allow people to make their own infinite pressure pieces. Oh, wow. Um, and, and then actually mint them. So the, for a, like a much lower price, like, well, like you, you know, like, we're not sure what the mechanic is going to be yet. If it's going to be like you, like, I don't know if the, let's say there's, let's say there's a thousand of them and they're like, you know, 0.1 ETH or something. I, I don't really know, but just for example, you know, you would just go buy uh, like the, the whitelist or what you'd be going to buy would be like a, a pass more or less. And then one pass would equal one, you know, one mint. Uh, so if you have five passes, you could, you know, uh, that would enable you to make five pieces and you make whatever you want using my elements and color palettes and tools that we've built. And you literally like paint and draw like right on the screen uh, and cool. you know, you can save it, uh, you know, it assigns it with your wallet. And then whenever you're ready, you can mint that and then it'll go into this sort of community collection, if you will, infinite pressure pieces. So that's sort of, uh, that's like what we actually spent quite a lot of time building and it became, I thought the tool started becoming like too good. And so I actually pumped the brakes on like releasing <laughs> it with all the work. And I was like, we gotta make this like a separate thing. Like this, the auctions, and the artwork that I'm doing needs to happen. And then we'll, let's follow that up with this separately and like give it its own definitely like, separate life. It was just too much to talk about, I think all at once. <laughs> well, yeah. And they throw some books in there too. And yeah. Yeah. yeah we can talk about the book. So quickly, yeah. Quickly <laughs> yeah. Uh, drowning there. It's yeah. fun. But I think dude, like you can really see even just like down to the structure of how you, you have, you know, um, 99 is it 90 or 99 editions and in, in you know a starting mint price with a 24-hour reserve auction um mm -hmm. starting from there it's yep. it, it's a very uh in, in listening to you explain it man it's very you know thorough and thoughtful i want to commend you for that, that that's, that's thank you cool i appreciate that yeah it's it's very cathartic to talk about something that you work on for so long like when you're this close <laughs> to like putting it out there you know, i'm like i'm actually like 
I was so hesitant to like post a, a launch date because it was just, it didn't feel real to do that. You know, you never. work on something forever and then it's like, well, I mean, it's got to come out sometime. Like, you know, <laughs> like, it, so now we're inching closer and I'm just, I'm very excited and, and truly like just very, I, I really mean this. It's one of those things where like, I mean, a lot, much of this project has been me just proving to myself that I could, I could really achieve a, a project of this magnitude and this size. Um, with so many stakeholders involved with like between nine artists and my own managing uh, team and chainsaw like there's a lot of people involved and and it's not that like I owe anybody anything but like I've got a lot of people you know rooting for this project and and I've got a whole team that like we've really put a lot of time into this and we're all very proud of it and I can say uh, that no matter like what happens or how sales go or, or anything that uh, it's really sort of opened my eyes to like what it is to collaborate and delegate and curate and and make uh, something with a lot of moving parts. And I've I've sort of learned a lot in the process too. So truly, like no matter what happens, I'm I'm, I'm just I feel like this has been like such a I've like I've been really schooled throughout this whole process in so many different ways, and I've learned so much that like I'll just take with me forever, and I think it'll impact. A lot of uh, what's what's to come. So, um, and yeah, it's uh, it's been been a wild journey. So, these are the type of projects that stand out and like a really flooded market. The ones that, you know, you can see there's a lot of people involved. You guys have put a lot of time and effort into this, and it's not just like oh, here's my one of one, buy it if yeah. you want to. You know, it's Which, it, there's some yeah, fanfare yeah. around it. You know, yeah, I yeah, and you know, it's the 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 risk of doing that is. And I guess this is only risk if you're afraid of failing publicly. But I mean, this is kind of like I'd ask for this. Like if, you know, if this like if, if I don't get a single bid on anything, like what do I do? Like, well, I don't know. I mean, like I'm, I just I stand by the work like I, I've what more can I do? I'm, I'm like literally sitting here writing on note cards that I designed and have envelopes. And I've taught myself. I literally I've posted some pictures of it. I taught myself black letter calligraphy to hand draw every envelope. <laughs> And then I draw gradients within the letters on the envelopes. Like I've turned into a full-blown psychopath in this project, but like, it's, it's the kind of thing I, I mentioned it earlier, but yeah, like it's the kind of detail that like, to me, if you want to make a mark and like really stand out, um, you know, like I, I, it's not that the work is not enough to me. It's about the context and how the work's presented. Like 100%. that, that makes it more, it makes it a memorable, complete thought that people can kind of sink their teeth into um, and doesn't just sort of get like, washed away in like the sea of nfts were sort of just assaulted with daily you know i'm trying to build something and build really build a kind of a, a, a brand like a very art, like artful brand that can sort of last and i can sort of build on top of and do more with well i'm i'm like stoked to be introduced you know formally now and just kind of you know seeing exactly what you got going on in in you got us excited. Yeah, this is. Oh, uh, thank you guys. It hits. It hits a lot of notes, and and honestly, too, like just like down to the uh, the detail. I see a lot of those traits because you know we see how Mike slimes processes, and uh, you know just knowing that that stuff's not overlooked. Uh, yeah, process is is yeah. super important. So. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Dude, fuck yeah! This is this is great. You definitely got us excited. Yeah, we'll be in <laughs> contact for sure, man. We gotta uh, keep up with this and watch the auctions and. Maybe throw a bid in there if we can scrape up some. Oh, <laughs> you know what? So I got to tell you something really quick. Like, uh, is that doing this this way? There really isn't a whole lot of precedent for the format that I'm doing this in, right? Like, nope. I'm I'm, I'm putting not there. There's 99 pieces. 
it's not a blind min. So it's not like 0.7 ETH and I'm just hoping 99 people just pay, you know, 0.7 ETH and then I sell them all. It's, they started, they all start at 0.99. They're all 24 hour auctions and they all come out at the same time. It's not like a slow rollout. It's not like I'm putting 10 out a week for 10 weeks. It's just, <laughs> and it's all in line with the idea of infinite pressure, which like, I don't even get into like the name and stuff, but like, it's just like, this there it is it's all like i've just been building up and then like floodgates open and it's all there um sort of like putting all the eggs in one basket at this like sort of one concentrated time and like i don't know of any other artists that have like put out something where it's like this auction based thing with so many pieces at once like it's a big it's a risk for sure and so anytime people i was any yeah it's it's yeah it's no pressure risk so yeah and so anytime somebody's been like any yeah, I know it's a lot. And anytime someone's been like, uh, "Oh man, I hope I can afford one," I'm like, "Dude, just like bid on it." And that's it. like, I don't like just yes. like if you, if if you think that, then just like I like I truly I would be thrilled. I mean, I would truly like I'm not I kid you not. I say I would absolutely be like over the moon if the whole thing sold out at just one bid each point ninety nine. I mean, like I'm not yeah. stupid. I, I I can I can do math like that. It's, uh, <laughs> It's not, you know, it's like a significant amount of money, but it's not, not that it's about that. I'm just like, I would love to people to bid on it. That'd be amazing. I'm just like, <laughs> like happy to like have the work out there. Dude. Uh, yeah. At all. So yeah, I appreciate it though. A hundred percent. And like this exact type of conversation, I feel like is, you know, super important to get across. So dude. Yeah. We didn't even get into the name. So uh, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, I got a whole like thing in the book about the name and like definitely put on, uh, you know, I'd be putting more stuff out about like the details of the project and, and all that. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what kind of, I, I know we're like at the podcast sort of hour and 10 minute here. You know, <laughs> Someone uh, you are just say, well-rounded. You have all these yeah. professions nailed it down. It's funny. Mike will say like, I got an hour. Like is my attention span. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me. I, I know. I know. I start to, I start fading <laughs> after about that amount of time. This is usually about the perfect time where someone goes, well, I just want to be mindful of your time. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I've interviewed enough people and done enough of these where I'm like, all right, time to wrap it up you know but <laughs> i appreciate talking about it you guys are the first sort of like real sort of like you know interview i've done i have a couple more things kind of like lined yeah. up but it's been fun to just kind of you know just technically like and then share about this stuff so. yeah so technically we were your warm-up for when you do like the uh you know joe rogan pre 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 show <laughs> or whatever you want to say damn dude if, yeah. if so if i end up on joe rogan something went spectacularly wrong all right that's the new goal get this episode to rogan on monday yeah 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 yeah. that would be a confusing conversation yeah i know it would be very confusing but totally off topic uh, some of his videos started getting like thrown in my algorithm and and on my youtube so there was one short clip and he took me to this this video he was explaining that this guy like from the bbc in a glass cage like with a polar bear coming at him and he was just like taking pictures of the polar bear and uh this is couldn't be more off topic but it was just a crazy video like four minutes long <laughs> this bear is just trying to Hell like yeah. get in get into this glass cage this dude's like this is sketchy as fuck <laughs> but oh yeah <laughs> you got know, anything I'm out of this yeah. go check out that video we'll link it in the video <laughs> at the end of the podcast yeah, Chuck, we do appreciate your time, man. And thanks for coming on and talking about that. And uh, we'll be on the lookout March 31st. Right on. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you guys so much for talking about it. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, dude. See you later. We'll be in touch. All right. Peace.
Later. Damn, that's nifty. single line. I sure as hell didn't know that. Fuck Render built a gallery to raise new artist popularity. What a guy. Yeah, man. Too much lag like a nomad. All his belongings in a single bag. All these things, can't you see? I learned all that's NFT. That's NFT. That's NFT. That's a nifty, nifty NFT. That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT That's nifty, that's NFT That's a nifty, nifty NFT Damn, that's a nifty NFT